I'm Johnny Hollander. I'm Eric Hyden. I'm Nick Mason. And I'm Dan Bouchard. And this is Neon Static. Welcome to episode either five or six of Neon Static. Not exactly sure right now because we're in the middle of recording and editing other podcasts. It's in the mix. It'll be there somewhere. You'll know because you'll have seen the title. Yeah, that that is accurate. We hopefully. are reporting live from Mansion Runner 2023 uh, as undercover agents. And we are here with a special guest, Dan B. Dan, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Dan Bouchard, a.k.a. Dan B. or Bushy or... Yeah, that's most of my titles and, and names. And yeah, Mansion Runner, we're we're here at a little, little, I, w- little, little. Not, I wouldn't say tournament, but a, an event that I run every year. Um, I am the marketing lead for NSG and I am the tournament organizer for the Rhode Island and very, very little into the southern Massachusetts area as you, it is with New you, England. You forgot one of your titles is Hype Man Extraordinaire. Hype Man, yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. True. I do that a lot. I think Dan is responsible for like 50% of the current player base, like getting into the game at this point. So like, don't, yeah, like my ego is pretty big. So that's okay. So are ours, uh, especially Nick's. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. You, you guys know about the, the shut up and sit down uh, story, right? No, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I run, uh, convention, the convention presence um at least organizing some uh some of them being directly uh, running them especially in the northeast as well as like helping out um the rest of the sg folks when they are doing uh conventions in other parts of the world like games expo uh sn pax australia that sort of thing for pax unplugged 2021 i believe it was yes it was 2021 i had a little bit too much to drink the night before on thursday <laughs> right we were setting up and it's just like oh look there's a little industry party i had a couple margaritas beforehand and just I like stories that start yeah. like this by the way well it's just like in the morning hangover getting the booth like going and everything it's good and then um our lead designer at the time uh june was at the booth and i just go to june and i say like i need 45 minutes just go back to my hotel and lay down for a bit and take some advil and just like refresh and I did that. Yeah, the hotel was connected. I come back. And as I'm coming back, I see Quinn's mm-hmm. uh, from Shut Up and Sit Down. And I'm just like, oh, I should probably go talk to him and say hi or whatever. And I have my um, um, NSG shirt or my it was the, the Project Nisei shirt at the time. Right. Yep. So I had that shirt on and I'm I did the polite thing and I stand behind the you know, stand off to the side to do a little head nod, say like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm waiting to talk. And he, he recognized me because he was talking to someone else. And then he does a double take, looks at the shirt, and he's like, points at me and says, like, I'm going to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So because of me, uh, so I was at the right place at the right time going to, uh, uh, we set up a, a little meeting before the, the con opened on Saturday. And uh, Quinn's and Tom get, went to the booth and had like a two hour long conversation with with June and, and a little bit with me about the the game and everything. And that led to the shop and sit down video, which was, Oh, like, that's boom. how that kind of came yeah. about. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah we, we, I, I don't know if Nick, have you seen the video? No, no. Um, Johnny and I definitely have both watched the Tom Brewster, uh, uh, net runner special. He put in like an incredible, it's like 25 minute, you know, it's the standard, uh, 
uh, shut up and sit down, like quality production level, like this huge piece into Netrunner and why you should get into it. And in, I think 2022 is when he did it. But uh, it's now it's now the, he did the cool thing. He actually changed the title to how, why you should get into Netrunner in 2023. I don't know if he's going to update it for yeah, in perpetuity, awesome. <laughs> but that was, yeah. that was pretty cool. Just um, continually. Well, they just have to make a new one every year. I really like being a marketing person in in this role because it's like different than any other any other like marketing position in the world, right? Because I don't care about people buying stuff, right? Right. It's just like I'm that marketing something that I don't want. Like I want people to play the game. And that's what everyone in NSG does, right? We're doing it because we want the game to grow. But like play on JNet, proxy cards, like right. I don't like it's great. Yeah, pay, buy the cards. It. it funds the sets but not everyone has to do that right it's it changes the dynamic a ton so obviously you've you've had a massive amount of success in revitalizing the game after it was canceled by ffg and i'm just curious what what was your thought process in your strategy like when it was canceled and the player base kind of fell off and you kind of had to rebuild from not from scratch but almost were you playing when it got canceled yes yes um so you just addressed me as you're not addressing me as Dan. You're addressing me as no signal. So because, and I'm telling you that's what you're doing because yes. <laughs> um, a lot like, yes, I hyped the, I, you know, there might have been some some nice exponential growth or some big growth because of the because of marketing stuff. But I think it's a very small percentage. You can only hype something that's awesome. And everyone in the organization has made something awesome and it makes it a super easy sell, right? Like. I'll get to your question in a second, but when people come to, the, to a booth, it's like the easiest sell in the world. If you can get someone to the table, they're like, they're in, right? Like they want, they want to learn about this. So that's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this game, this game definitely has a lot going for it. Just when you see it on the table, I mean, the theme, mm -hmm. the artwork, it is very easy to just look at it and be like, that's a game I want to play, yep. even if you know nothing else about it. Especially if you walk by and someone's got like custom acrylic tokens and or their yeah, yeah. you know their poker chips that they've spun up it's like they, it's enough effort to do all that for it this must be some good stuff and the game know? looks weird right like it does. Card, card game players like play magic you play you know, you play right. pokemon you walk by that be like that looks cool and also what the heck is going on right with all right? the columns and the sideways cards right and, just like your game is different than that game it's like yeah it's completely different yeah. right um but in terms of like what it took to be successful um and uh, just to preface, I was not part of NSG in, in 2018. I think I joined in 2020. Um, but I knew a lot of people that did. And I think I was part of playtest, but I didn't really playtest that much. So I just kind of like poked in, took a look at cards and didn't have enough time as I thought I did. Um, but besides that, um, it's, and we'll talk about this a bit more when we're going to talk about growing a community. But it's it's all about like, consistency it's all about and it was quality right and it was showing something that we wanted to do right and there was a a bit of a it was a bit of a change right it was make something cool make some good cards to continue the game right which is what ashes was and then make something to bring new players in because we need to sustain before we can grow and i think that the design decisions that were made made that possible and we did as best as we could with ashes right with the, the art budget and everything we had and it looked good enough that we could definitely like bring in new uh, some new players and then continue the game and then once gateway dropped and we're starting to pull in like the same artists that ffp used like that was when it was 
that's a huge noticeable difference. So we all were not playing during the Ashes cycle. And I, yeah. Johnny and I played prior, Nick didn't. And then when we came back in, Ashes was already released and we bought Ashes and um, Midnight Sun. And then Borealis was like a month after we started or very close thereafter. Nice. And looking through the cards that we no longer were going to legally be able to play in startup as one set. And then looking through all of the new cards that just came out for startup. It's such a big difference in a leap. the There's art. A leap. Yeah. It's just the art. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think maybe some learning with, there's a lot more words, heavy text cards in, um, yes. in startup. There's Absolutely. a lot of big, long paragraphs that right. you're reading versus yeah, yeah. Uh, more digestible cards. But like the professionalism ticked up so strongly in this last set that I mean, it's, we had a budget, right? <laughs> I know. Right. That's such a huge thing, but it's incredible what, difference making the art have that authenticity from the original part of the game was yeah. awesome I, I, there was something that i i don't want to i don't want to gloss over because i think it's really really important and uh, i don't know if you know that eric and i also do an 18xx podcast <laughs> and there is this uh perpetual discussion do, first of all do you know what that is yeah yeah okay so for anyone that doesn't they, these are train games they're, they're very heavy games and, and it's totally irrelevant to what i'm about to say next but there is a a, a perpetual argument or discussion about what is the best introductory game and inevitably the answer always ends up being the same thing and it's introduce people to what you're excited about because that's how you get people excited about it and so obviously you know you mentioned that that was part of your strategy and there were other things that you mentioned but i think that is so key if you're excited about something it is so easy for that to rub off onto the people that you're introducing to the game hey you want to get like one of your magic the gathering friends into the netrunner just like show them the basic action card and have them like draw two cards on their turn. <laughs> They're in. <laughs> yeah, I could draw whatever I want. Draw whenever you want. I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't play Magic, but I know that I've noticed that with Magic players. And Nick, Nick, you've played Magic, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I played a bit, mostly like draft and limited formats. But. Right. But when we showed Nick Netrunner, he could not stop talking about how clever the click is. I still. He's like, I still love the click as a design what? element. What you can. Limit so, how many cards you play in a turn. Right. It's like <laughs> it's it's such a smart way to like make your turns make make actions in a turn into a limited resource so that you don't have to have mana ramps and all these other things to to kind of slow things down and, and set the tempo. Damn mana ramps. So ah. you you see that in a lot of other games too, right? Yeah. And I like to tell people, and you see this a lot, speaking of conventions, um, when I'm at a convention. The first people that come up are are the people at the booths, uh, other booths, because yeah. they are, and it's a lot of game designers. Oh my gosh, I love Netrunner. Like they love talking about it. Netrunner is like your favorite designer's favorite game. Is what I like to say because <laughs> you see, they that's the game that they're playing when they're at their studio, like trying to find ideas, mm, and right. the, they're playing through that because it's such a well designed game. And that's not even the 2012 version. That goes back to 1996, Richard Garfield. Like yeah. that's when the clicks were introduced and you start, you see that in a lot of games now because, you know, they're playing, they played Netrunner back in the day or they've, pl they played it in some capacity and it said, yes, that is cool. An action economy just makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Was the original Netrunner after magic? Yes, yeah. it was. Okay. It was yeah. after magic. Yeah. Well, so it's almost like you learn something from designing that it's game. Almost like it. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and then wizard yeah. said, but this already makes us so much money. Exactly. Um, yep. No shade wizards. Uh, actually, yes, shade. I don't. I don't know. I don't like that whole CCG model. That sucks. 
Should we, anyway. talk, should we talk a little bit about Mission Runner? We should, yeah. Can yeah. you so, tell us where we are and what yeah, we are doing? So we are in, uh, we are north of Boston in a uh, very small little town called Manchester by the Sea at a, I don't even know the square footage, but not it is very small. It is a, it, it is a big villa. It's a mansion. It's a significant um, portion of the town. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, very, it's a yeah. very old house. And what I did uh, last year and continued this year is I wanted to have a weekend board game slash Netrunner like weekend retreat. And I figured like, if I was going to do it, I want to go all out and I want to reference the, the TV show billions that did a Netrunner episode. Right. Mm-hmm. So in billions there, the, the the two main characters, they go to this tournament in New York and they're dressed to the nines and everyone at the tournament is dressed to the nines, right? Like that's the big thing is you go there, the lights are dim, everyone looks crisp and they're playing Netrunner. And it's just like, what is happening? And I wanted to re- recreate it. It's a big meme on, on Stimhack Slack. It's been a big meme in the community for a while of just like people reference the show and like, you watch the clip and it's just like, this is you so watch, funny. You watch the clip and, and uh, I don't know, the, I've never watched Billions besides right. that clip, yeah. uh, which I've seen many times now. Uh, and the female character walks in and to a bouncer at the front door and goes, <laughs> uh, I'm here for the uh, Netrunner tournament. Uh, you should have my name. And and like checks the list and then lets, lets her in. And it's like, no, that's not how <laughs> it is. Like, like, I want there to be that in New but York City, the, right? So they, they actually brought in real Netrunner players to yep. consult and make mm. sure that the gameplay made sense. And it does, there's, you know, playing paperclip and um, breaking toll boots with, uh, they, they, there's a decoder that they use to break the toll booth and they get it right. And then, this is yep. big dramatic. Anyway, I want go. We'll put a link to the show notes of that clip if you haven't seen it. It's phenomenal. I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure Dan Diergenio, the two-time world's winner, is the his cards are the ones that are being played. In yeah, the show because yeah, he right. was one of the people that. Speaking bought. of which, there was a, a Reddit post yesterday, last like earlier yesterday, mm-hmm. where a person who works on billions posted a bunch of play mats and cards from the time when they filmed that episode. So you oh. can go buy a play mat from this guy. There's like, t- he has like 10 play mats. I reached out and I said, if I can get one, it's like the root play mat. Yeah. He's got yeah. like 10 of those. And oh, I want to buy one just to have oh, yeah. one from the billions. <laughs> Absolutely. Filming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I'm sad. I, I might've missed that because, uh, that is awesome. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're here in, um, we're here in the mansion. Bunch of gremlins by the we're, yeah, we're, we're getting. Dan can't see this. Nice, 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 yeah. We've we've attracted a crowd. Um, and we're here. To, we're here awesome. to play Netrunner. So yesterday was all about board games. We got about eighteen people here, oh, um, and everyone is everyone has apparently woken from their slumber and are uh, and they're hungover slumber and are eating breakfast and they they want me to set up a draft because I have the the cards all set up. Well, right I was going to say I can see the packs. Yeah, 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 it's going to be really waiting. cool. Yeah, so we're going to do a draft. We have two drafts today. Um, I have a 10 person draft in the main room and then a six person draft of NSG cards in the, in the study that we're going to go and play. So there should be enough drafting for everybody. And if there are more people, cause that, that, that is 16 and I know how math works. Um, then I have a bunch of, of old fantasy flight draft packs that we could crack open oh, as the well. actual randomized yes. ones with yes, like yes. The, the draft mm-hmm. IDs and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so is that a thing that Null Signal Games is going to start making? No, I'm, no the, I'm, I'm testing it out as a, hey, could I show this at conventions and have like this pack of cards that just has not all of our stuff, but a good amount and kind of like get people into the game. If it cube. works well, maybe make it make a, an unofficial cube that we can bring to worlds or bring to other places. But this is definitely just a 
side projects that I'm I'm kind of testing out. So um, none of us have played Netrunner Draft. I know at some point Johnny and I looked into like what it what uh what the rules are for drafting like a cube. But mm-hmm. you want to just give like a ten second like here's yeah, how you, it works. If you've never you can done have more than ten seconds, if you need right. it. Right. No, like if you've never done <laughs> a hold now, on, let me start a timer. If you've never done a draft before, it is you have a um, a randomized set of packs. So usually with a cube that someone has put together, you take it and you you put I don't know ten or fifteen cards in a stack, and you give people three stacks of those cards, and you open a pack, quote unquote, and you take one of those cards in that pack and put it down and you pass it to your right. And then you take another, take whatever's passed to you and you take another card and you build a deck out of it. You do runner side first and the, or you do the corpse side first, then you do the runner. Um, and you got to be careful, right? You got, you got to, um, you got to grab ice. You got to grab agendas. Um, Econ's good. Yeah. And these are, these are one of right? You don't get three of the thing you're grabbing. The, or- uh, the, cube in the main room here is my hyper cube which you do get play sets of but Ooh. a normal draft you do take singletons you get like three of like a console you only want two of or something or, your yeah. decks are not yeah. optimal that's I, yeah. I play, but oh yeah you get more cards than you would put in a deck yeah oh, you absolutely do yeah, yeah. so, so, so my weird thing you get a lot of cards yeah the draft i did yesterday of we did the old ffg packs um it's weird. My my deck is very weird, and it's only a thirty card deck because you only draft a certain a small amount of cards. But it's a yeah. lot of fun. You get a lot of people playing Netrunner. Can you end up breaking a, the agenda point distribution things with that, or or you fill? Don't you fill with like some basic agenda yes. or something? Yes, if there's always it. like a an emergency. Oh, you messed up. You have to play prior, priority requisition, which is like send a message but worse because it doesn't fire on on steel. It's yeah. only on score. Uh, right, I remember. Yeah, prior rec, Yeah, and if you're playing. 30 card decks. Yeah. It's, a bunch six, of it's the six points. That so, seems real bad. Oh, two of those yeah. and you're done, Please. right? It's yeah. a five, three. Yeah. But there's a lot of three twos in that format. So, okay. If you well, did it right, you're okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. We're yeah. going to participate and get, uh, you know, smooshed, get yep. smooshed. Yeah. And then this Absolutely evening, destroyed. most of the people that are staying over are, uh, they have their suits and dresses in their rooms. We're going to go, everyone's going to go upstairs. We're going to get changed. We're going to come downstairs. Everyone's going to look all fancy. We're going to take lots of pictures and play Netrunner fancy like, so, we That's already look plan. fancy, by the way. Absolutely. Yes. We, we, came, we came prepared. We have our integrated circuit ties. As, yeah. as fancy as I'm going to get anyway. Yes. I don't even know if my collar quite covers the whole tie, but oh well. I it does. won't allow you to play if it is wrong. Perfect. Don't worry. So, but that's going to be a team event, fancy runner, right? Yeah. Like it's not something competitive. It, it's, I wanted to do something that was a little bit different and gets more people to talk to each other. So we did a, a team tournament, just duos, because I felt like, Dressing up fancy, like duos, just kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of thematic. Um, and Billions, they're they're kind of going on a date to this tournament. Right. So it makes it sense, but they're playing against setting. each other. <laughs> oh, so we're going to be going on a date, whoever's my teammate? Maybe. Yeah, you're going to be yeah. <laughs> So the yeah. idea with the duos is just you and your um, partner play against another team. And, and it would, like with any team tournament, um, the benefit is you can share information with your with your partner and be able to get advice and get help, right? Being not actual help in game. You can't give your, your uh, partner credits or anything, but you're able right. to say like, okay, should I draw here? Like, do or I, they can remind you of missed are, triggers and yes. things like that. So you're playing, you're not playing simultaneously. No, no, you don't need to like take your turn in full while your partner takes your turn in full. You can just keep playing the game 
But you are uh, playing the, the two games. games both going yeah, on. You're yeah. playing okay. two right. both games. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yes. one person was just literally sitting over no, the shoulder. No, no, you're, you're both, you're both playing around. games and you're able yeah. to help each other. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm That's glad I clarified. I would have been surprised. Sets the mood. Just sitting there without a deck. Going, uh, when are we starting? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to all of those things. Thanks yeah. for putting it all together. It's fun. Uh, it's, if you are a listener who is motivated, you should also set up a mansion runner in your local area. I was I was going to say that because the, the reason we can do this is because we have like 18 people, right? Like it's very cost effective when you have that many people to afford like a big fancy house. And when are you going to be able to like stay in a house like this and play? I think I played like 12 board games yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like just like a bunch of stuff I wanted to play and just like, hey, does anyone want to play PAX Premier? a really hard game to get to the table very easy to do here yep it was like it was like a 10 person serial confluence game going last night oh, like, Johnny, yeah. you're breaking johnny's heart yes. uh, it, was, it was really good um or you know a five or a six person mini mansion runner uh is probably much more feasible for for people so who don't have a huge scene but yep. uh yeah anyway yep. yeah we're blessed shack here uh, shack runner yeah yeah cabin runner <laughs> there 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 is a Castle in New Hampshire was eyeing. I was just oh. going to a castle. Which one? Castle in the Clouds? I, I, I don't know. I just saw uh, it on Airbnb and I was next I, year, I, don't cool. get, I don't think you can get Castle in the Clouds. Not it's usually for weddings. Okay, yeah. okay, fair. It's probably booked up well, for years. That's, that's <laughs> the first for point. everything, Johnny. Um, it's the only castle. I know. Let's move along to 24 7 News Cycle. We have some exciting news in this episode's news cycle segment, and that is going to be all about East Coast Nationals. They have been announced, and we have just the person here. You may have heard him speaking just moments ago. <laughs> just slightly. Let us introduce Dan B. Dan B. is going to tell us all about East Coast Nationals because he has organized them. You submitted the event to NSG. Was that just to yourself and you stamped rubber stamped a, a thing on a paper? Absolutely not. No, right, right. Why don't you tell us about yeah. East Coast? All right, fair. Yeah, so I, I applied as a tournament organizer. I'm not like there's no basically you ha- they have to have a, a separate group of people that have not submitted applications yes. to the do the final uh, the final walkthrough. It's all about the board. Yeah. Um, but East Coast Nationals, um, reminder, if people are not aware that both the United States and Canada, both are getting two national events, or I think there's have multiple national events. I think there's two, there might be three in the, I'm not sure. I know about mine and that's, that's really it. Um, but, uh, because of the geographical situation, there's a lot of, it's really hard to get to from one coast to the other. So there's multiple nationals happening in the U S and I applied to be. One of those, um, and by I, I said, I'm the one who submitted the application, but there is a group of us that are actually uh, organizing things um, because it is not that close to me. It's on the East Coast. Um, it's in the Boswash area. But it's, I was going to say, it's actually funny that the closest national to us is actually in Canada. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah absolutely. It's about <laughs> yeah. an equal, equal distance for me, and I'm, I'm hoping to get to the Canada one to play in it because I'm 50-50 on if I'm actually going to be able to play in East Coast. Uh, yeah, Philly is a neighbor to the East Coast, in my opinion. It's, it's <laughs> harder for the New Hampshire folks, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple hours south. It's, we're grumpy about yeah, it. No, yeah, we're fine. We're actually looking hour. forward to taking the train down and getting to play yeah. Netrunner for five hours. So. Yes, that yeah. part's going to be great. So the reason Philadelphia was chosen was because it is, it is a hub right it's very central to a lot of play player bases and it's central to a lot of um it's also very close to some big airports right so being and i yeah. do know some people that have been like in europe in the uk that have traveled to u.s nationals before right so we wanted to be able to have it in a place where 
Um, it is accessible to a lot of people. And the other thing is it's very nostalgia uh, focused. Red Caps, where it's uh, located, is a game store that had some of the biggest regionals in the FFG era. Over 100 people. Oh, really? I yes. didn't know that. It was that. a massive scene. It's where... Um, and the East Coast area around there, Philadelphia, Delaware, New York, they that's where the Sharks lived, right? That is mm. a big, like, competitive, or was a big competitive area. Now, obviously, the game has shifted. A lot of people that used to play very competitively haven't, but it's also kind of my chance to revitalize, yeah. right? Yeah, Be able to remind people. Get, get the hooks yeah, back hey, in them, yeah. A giant, the Nationals has never been on the East Coast before, right? Hey, right. Nationals, it's in your backyard. Come out and play, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, so when is the event? So it is going to be on July 29th and 30th at Radcap's Corner in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And registration for the event happens how? Okay, so we are going to be, this is a reliant on email that I need to be sending out very soon. We are aiming to be selling tickets through Redcap's website starting May first. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. We haven't bought tickets yet, but there is an always be running episode or event up that we will link in the notes. Yes. And yes. You can, you can you can register there. That does not guarantee you a spot. You need to buy a ticket. So is this uh, how you said not guaranteed a spot? So there's a cap on how many people can register, and what is what is that? So Redcaps has a capacity on their upper floor area, which we have access to, of 100 players. And I am pushing hard to get that number. I want 100 players at this event. Wow. So I FOMO, think we can get your tickets yeah. now. So, ha- no. so being first. pretty new to the to the null signal scene, what do you think the odds are that you hit the cap? Like how, how big have the events been up to this point? I, I So I am not going to be displeased if we hit 60. I think we can definitely hit 60. I think that if we do a good job hyping and pushing things, and there's a couple of techniques that I have in my back pocket for doing that, that I think is going to help out a lot. Is, um, is one of them going on podcasts? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, that, we are okay. serving the greater good. Exactly. Yeah. Say the greater good. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil, get me on your podcast, please. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we see you. <laughs> it's, it's the one I haven't been on. Well, make it happen, <laughs> Phil. Come on. Yeah, jeez. Um, so that's, yep, getting to the event, uh, the the end of July. We are all going. The yes. three of us are nice. going to go. We will be there. So if you want to see a Neon Static in person, because it matters, uh, we <laughs> we'll will even be, be wearing our shirts. I, so I will say it by that point, we will we'll have t-shirts. We will so. have t-shirts. We actually, um, this is new, the new segment. So that, that is also something I want to mention that we have designed, uh, designed, we put our logo on a t-shirt and, and, uh, we have it up in a web store. Uh, I think it's a Shopify or Printify link or something like that. So I will put that in the show notes for this. And if you want a T-shirt, you can go buy them. They're like between $25 and $30, depending on size and color and things like that. So um, grab one of those if you want. Uh, I don't know why you would, but right. we I specifically <laughs> I designed them for us so that we could have a T-shirt. I, for I was our, shocked. When, I mean, I thought the same thing when we did the train shuffling shirts, and then we've seen so many people in the wild that yeah. I mean, not in the wild at at train events, yes. train gaming events. Yes, but, yeah, I don't but know. But still, I, I caught a, enough flack from my wife 
for getting one and I'm on the podcast. So I don't know, like that. that People have more understanding wives than you. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. Ange is an avid listener of the unstatic, by the way. Yes, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, a few other things to note here. I just want to mention that we we put a couple of videos on our YouTube channel from recent top table events from our startup tournament that we talked about in episode three, four, four, episode four. Um, and that is up on the YouTube channel with commentary. We were joined by Jeff Yusengren, um for commentary on that and on the finals from Dan's event in Norton, Mass., from a month after that event, I think, or a couple weeks after that event that I got to go to. Uh, that day, I also recorded a bunch of interviews. You may have already heard that episode, depending or not, depending on release order, because these are going to be overlapping at some point. But I have a podcast episode where I talked to um, a bunch of people from the tournament day, including the two people who played in the top tables, uh, Erica and Holly, and and have a little interview with them. But we have commentary on a YouTube video. I'm very proud of the Basically, having stood on the shoulders of giants, uh, Dogepong design, you may have seen in a bunch of older Netrunner videos where cards come in from the side and show up on the screen as they're talking about it. I kind of uh, took that, forked his his code and got it back working again. Uh, and I'm working on improving that. And and I'm going to make a video at some point going over how to how if you want to use it, how to get it, how to get it set up and how to use it. And if you want to help contribute to that, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm, I'm canister. I'm on on discord and i'm asking a bunch of people including getting help from the people who run netrunner db uh, uh, how they do their card search and stuff like that to implement aren't you planning like a full rebuild in svelte i am planning a full rebuild in svelte eventually if i if i learn how to do that i'm still i'm, I'm learning javascript and node.js and and all this stuff on the fly i'm not a web developer but i i do code partially for a living so so it's coming okay uh relatively easily to me so Anyway, that's up. We I also wanted to thank um, Andre from the Metropole Grid for a very cool shout out on his, one of his streams where he he mentioned us. That was very that kind. was pretty awesome. So yeah. Him. Okay, so that's news, and now we're gonna head into the depths. All right, so uh, this is into the depths. This is our main segment, and we're gonna talk with Dan who you may recognize from the previous two segments <laughs> about community building. They've kidnapped me. Help me. Help, yes. He's like, no, I have to run my cube. Let's talk about this fast. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to try and give people the cliff notes. We've kind of sort of tried to do this in one of the other episodes that we, we released, but um, you are very good at this. How should people, if they want to start a Netrunner community, it's not impossible. It's actually very possible. And I feel like there's a few important steps that maybe aren't emphasized enough. And we wanted to have you try and walk us through best practices for getting a scene going for you. So first step, uh, you need another person, right? It's Netrunner, right? You got to have two people. But two people is a community and you start building from that, right? So you got to find somewhere to either host the event, host meetups, and make that pretty consistent. Hey, we're going to meet at this game store on Mondays. And then you go on Monday, realize Pokemon night. So it's going to be Tuesday instead. That's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but other, uh, like uh, uh, game stores near you, yes. uh, breweries are, 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 for some reason, breweries and gaming, just like they, they click very yeah. well together. And this happens a lot. I've seen, um, there's a Boston group plays at a, a brewery, Aeronaut. Yeah, that's more of a, they have a nice outdoor seating area with, um, 
little bit on the restaurant side of things, but it's a restaurant that allows you to hang out and order and, food and also play games. And honestly, one of the big things is just that wherever you go, it's public. You have to have somewhere where people can see you playing because yes. that's one of the ways that you get people to show up is is that they know it's happening. And that's the best that's the best excuse for um well, the best excuse is actually because you want to support your local game store, but it's well, a sure. good reason for doing it in game store because you can get people to um, come in and check out the game. Now, that being said, I want to make this very this very important PSA reminder Netrunner is a game that those game stores are not selling. Right. Mm -hmm. So I make it very clear to the players in my community, hey, we are not playing a game that supports this store. Please buy your board games here. Buy your sleeves here. Buy your deck boxes Snacks, here. Snacks, Yes, make yep. the store know that those Netrunner players can will be supporting the store because of other situations. Um, if you run tournaments at that store... Um, have the have the store run the the payments for the tickets and a lot of times stores will pay out store credit as as prizes as a prize right yeah like pay ten dollars to get go into a circuit opener and the top three or top four will all all the money that went in will come besides the the cost of the kit will come back out as store credit the store is still getting money because they're going to get a sale right they want you to sell you a new board game or something and right um, it helps the store it helps the store yeah. hunt you might get 10 or 20 dollars in yeah. store credit maybe you buy a 60 dollar game that's even more that's helping yeah. helping them uh, i, yeah, I know being, back in the day that's how a lot of the good competitive players in my meta bought netrunner cards right they just played in enough tournaments that they were able to sustain the data pack cycle right, right. of just like buying new packs through a lot of their winnings <laughs> yeah. yeah that was fun um, right. So, so having the store, so for our last tournament, I believe we, we took some of the, we had more people come than we expected. So we were able to give a small cut to the store. And then in the future, we're going to be able to have, have more go towards the store. So right. that's, we, that's yeah, we put everything beyond the cost of the kit. We, we paid that's to the store. That's awesome. And, yeah. and doubly so because of the, the terrible stuff that happened at that store that, that <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I know. The, the, our, the break in. Yeah. They yeah. The store got glass. Up, we we showed up to the tournament that day and the, the, the front door was missing and um, someone had broken in and stolen some mostly magic cards, I guess. But uh, that yeah. was a, a pretty and rough it was for just them. really lucky that the uh, news team was there to cover the tournament. So they could also cover the exactly. break. in. I was yes. on the news. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <Shuffling> <laughs> cards. I will also put a link in the show notes to the WMUR local New Hampshire uh, news clip where you can see Netrunner cards on on display. Is it national news? I don't know. No, it's, it's local no, news. Local the news. exact opposite of that. Um, yeah, anyway, I'll put a link to that so people can see. Uh, Dan's in there. Yeah, you can yeah. you can see him very clearly. So Some turbine and stuff. Dan, you mentioned something, and this, this might be a good segue into another part of building a Netrunner scene. You mentioned that you need two players to play, which is obviously true. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to mention that if you start a Netrunner team, if you advertise that there's going to be a weekly game night, whether it's at a store or a bar, even if you're the only one that you know is going to be there to still show up because somebody might have seen the advertisement or walked by and seen you play in the previous week and one can become two. Show yes, up absolutely. and visibly be playing Netrunner. I, I have made the mistake of I show up early and, uh, you know, I'm sitting there playing Marvel Snap or something on my phone and my decks are all packed up in a box and you can't see that I am there for Netrunner. Uh, not going to get anyone to walk up to you and go, hey, you're obviously here for that Netrunner thing, right? right? We actually have a little sign. I haven't been great about bringing it, but we put a sign out on a, you know, one of those little like clear standee things. 
Um, we slipped the eight and a half by 11 and put it at the table and it just says like, come play Netrunner. We're here to play Netrunner. And, and you know, with our store, they, they allowed us to put Netrunner nights on the calendar. I, I mentioned it on their Facebook and discord for their local store. So that all helps. And yeah, being there, showing up and being friendly, you know, you will play with strangers, but turns out that most of them are fun and cool. Yeah, we like gave our local group a name and a logo and put like a kind of official looking signage up on the store. So with a QR code, that was Dan's idea. Yeah, the QR code's great. We've gotten so many people to join the Discord off that just walking by. I use that at conventions, right? So when I do conventions for whatever local scene it is, so the ones for PAX East, I made... Uh, business cards on one side had the the green level clearance discord and on the other side had whatever the local scene is so in philadelphia it's for the philadelphia scene for new england and pax east it was the one that i had made like the previous week which was to try to get people into the game in boston and rhode island and connecticut and it's just blown up from there so yeah having a central place where people can talk and organize is very important. Something like a discord um, or um, I know some people still use Facebook groups as, as that one thing to actually note as like a, a nice tip in terms of advertising, right? Green level clearance has a channel for finding local players and there's a big pinned uh, document, a spreadsheet that has all links to discords or people that are looking to find groups um, that's a huge way to say, hey, is anybody here from Rhode Island? And all of a sudden I'll pop in and be like, yes, please play with me. Um, or uh, or another way you could do it is just promote it on, like Shock and Blast, right? Promote it everywhere. Promote yeah. it on Netrunner Dorks on Facebook. Promote it on the subreddit. Promote it in GLC. Another one that's that a lot of people do miss and that's really big is look on Facebook for the Facebook groups from five or six years ago. The New England LCG uh, Facebook is dead, but I'll post in there a couple times a year being like, there's an event, here's what's going on, and you will find the people there like, oh, I want to play Netrunner again, please. Yeah, I have, and the, oh, another thing, promote that you have decks. Yes. Yeah. Right, you don't need to buy anything. You don't need to buy anything. You don't even need to proxy anything. I will have decks for you to play and I will walk you through it and we'll play some teaching games. Right. And if you're yeah. acting as the like the the host for one of these events uh, at your at your weekly meetups or bi-weekly meetups, we do bi-weekly meetups at our st- at our store is to have things built in always on the side, just have them all the time and the startup format has been fantastic for us. I want to really make a point to hit on the startup format as a fantastic way to get people in and, and get the hooks in. Yeah. However, yeah. however people want to play like that, that is the, that's the important thing. And standard players that want to play Netrunner will play startup startup players that want to play Netrunner, Like, and there is a bunch of standard games going like hand them some decks and walk them through it. Right. Like that's, it's, even, it's rece- it, people want to yeah. play the game, right? It, it's 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 a slippery slope. We've oh, had sure. a bunch of people who are, ah, I'm not going to play Netrunner. Oh, I'll borrow your deck. And, uh, oh, you know, oh, the startup's pretty cheap. Oh, it's only how much more to get into uh, standard? Oh, all right, all right, I can do that. Oh, I can just proxy it all? Sure, I'll throw some standard decks together. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, you, were, you were smart to call the, the gateway pack the gateway pack and not call the startup format the gateway format because it is really a gateway drug yes <laughs> into yes. standard <laughs> and you've masked that a little bit in the name a little bit, it, yeah. is, it is good 
Um, the other thing that I want to say, I, I don't know if it's, is it NSG that has all those assets for like the posters for tournaments and game nights yes, and things like yes. that? So if you don't have people like uh, Eric and Johnny who can actually do uh, <laughs> some some level of design, if you are like me, uh, uh, challenged uh, at images, um, then at, they have those uh, assets available already pre-built. You just fill in the details for your events and off you go. Yeah, it's like a tournament organizer, tournament, tournament organizers assets link. I will put a link in the show notes as well for that. You could say Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Sally but you doesn't can't. sell seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. Yes. <laughs> but you can't say tournament organizer. Tournament. Oh, sorry, I can't. Yeah, my, my mouth doesn't work right now. Um, Finally, one other thing I would suggest and something that I am trying as a kind of a proof of concept that I think is going to be work that I'm hoping is going to work well is consistency of events. I'm planning on doing a monthly tournament at in my area, being able to say once a month there is going to be a tournament that brings people from a larger area in and actually says, okay, well, on the weekends, sure, I can plan for a tournament once a month, or maybe they can't do it one month. But if the tournaments are firing every single month, now all of a sudden the people up in Boston are going to travel south to Rhode Island, or maybe they're going to travel north up to New Hampshire, right? And and the Rhode Island folks are going to go up to Boston for for an event. And now all of a sudden you have this larger group coming together, and the people that are tertiary, the ones that maybe go to a, a night once every three times now all of a sudden they're like oh this is actually like a bigger thing this is cool i want to be more interested in this because there's consistency yeah we had a uh the new england l5r scene had a rotation going between i don't know how many it's like five or six different stores so and there was a tournament organizer associated with each store and there was a rotation so every week there was a tournament yeah, and yeah. if you couldn't make it to one, you could make it to, you know, you could probably make it to another. And it made it to every tournament had a great turnout and we all got to know each other. And it was really great to have like a whole New England community. Exactly. Yep. Uh, one other thing I want to say, and Johnny mentioned it earlier, is enthusiasm. You kind of have to be enthusiastic when you're showing people. It'll rub off, like he said, right? If you're having a blast and also, mm, um, I'm of two minds on this, but maybe lose the first game, <laughs> like when you're playing with against someone, if you're teaching them the game, if you sh- if you just step on their face, it's not going to be fun for them. But if you like I played again, a game against a neighbor. Um, hi, John, if you're listening, I doubt you are. Uh, we played a game and I played a deck where I just made the worst decisions. And I was like, let me just put uh, like a. I see that you have a, uh, a f- whatever a uh, a cleaver out i'll put my ice wall down and i'm gonna put a three-point agenda behind it and then like oh no i'm you got it good job you know but the, he, he had a good time he was like oh wow that's what i was looking for it and can't backfire the, though because they don't see how cool the game can be sometimes depending on right, how right. It plays I, out. i think that the way to do that is to pick and and i think in startup my pick for this would be isuac a deck that can do cool things that is not necessarily terribly good so you can show them like, hey, I did all this cool stuff. Look at all this popping off that I did. Oh, I still lost. Oh, well, you know. And but don't play PE against a new player. Yes, do not. <laughs> I disagree. Oh, really? What? So, uh, before I go into the, that Monster. hot take is that um, I've played a lot of teaching games, right? As running conventions and whatnot, which is always with the gateway starter decks. 
And I I see it as you're a game master setting the, the pace of the game. It's like you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and you're the, the DM, right? Uh. You are setting the challenge level. And if the players do something that's a little bit dumb, like, I don't know, run last click with one card in hand into a into a Karuna, maybe you don't res that Karuna, right? right? Yeah. But when they have two cards in hand, you definitely do. Yeah, it's right? definitely a Show dynamic. how close it could You're, you're trying to keep the difficulty level in line with their performance and understanding of the game and engagement, yeah. While yeah. still showing what the game is and exactly. what you can do with it. I always play Corp because hidden information, you can set that tone. You're yes. able to say, you can ice things in maybe suboptimal ways where a Prof, not professional, but someone that's been a skilled player will be able to say like, that was the wrong play. Why did you do that? But a new player is not going to see that they're yeah. going to see it and they're going to have a lot of fun being able to like, if you're on six credits, you just put it in advance card in, in the remote, you res the brand on R and D when they run. And then you can even tell them, look, I now res that big, scary piece of ice on R and D and it maybe it even fired, but guess what? I have no credits to res that, that ice on the remote and you can go in and steal that agenda. Yep. Look at that cool thing you just did. Right. You yep. forced me to spend money. Yeah. In terms of PE for new players. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need I to think it's actually case. better to have them play it. Okay. But, okay. But I think that there is a subset of players or potential players that when they see and I've seen people's eyes light up when they realize that they can die in this game, right? Yeah. Oh, you can die, which means I can kill them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm that kind of person. I love, I love that. One of the things that really drew me in when I first started playing was like getting, getting killed and, and the feeling of danger. The trap, the traps. And there's some people that but, really like those traps. And if they, if that's the type of person and don't play like the super optimized PE, but just play PE that has some, not all the one point agendas, but maybe play House of Knives and then play a bunch of normal, like play some Nisei Mark IIs and maybe even like a, a send the message or whatever. I throw throw in a couple Urtica ciphers just to keep them honest. Yes. I like uh, giving the the new court player a PE deck. as a, That's a great first deck because it's like, it's, as, this a, is going to be hard by as itself. As a court deck, yeah. yes. As a court player. I think having like them run into a PE no, deck yeah, that's, feels that's, really I was, I was teaching a, a friend of mine and I knew, I was like, he's a degenerate and he'll love <laughs> PE. I'm like, you should play this. And he, as he's going, he's like, I really like this. It's like, I know you do. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that's knowing your friends, right? Right, right. We, we've had a number of people come into the store and two or three players now where in their first game, like I, I flatlined them or and maybe this is just bad practice on my side. But I kind of got the feeling this was like an old an ex magic player, I think, um, where I flatlined him. I did like a public trail and the line and and I had shown them the cards and said, yes, I can do this before we start the game. First of all, here's a card that will give you a tag and then. Here's how it happens. And then here's a card that will kill you when you have a tag. So you did, I'm going to try and kill you. That's, yeah. I said, I'm going to try and kill you. And that's what's going to happen. Um, and, and that's what's going to happen. Well, no, that's what I'm going to. That's my game plan. And then I killed them and they were kind of like, well, this game is unbalanced and, and there's no way to play against that. And I am not going to play anymore. And we kind of were like, well, no, there, there is. There is a way to play against it. But I get I get where I can feel that way at first without knowing the cards. And part of this yeah. is just learning the cards. Right. And that's that's something with the game in the original 2012 core set the 2012 core set oh they suggested kate versus pe and imagine the amount of players that have died to snare on two cards or right yeah so um 
the other thing that I do when teaching new players with the, the starters is when I'm going through the deck and showing, oh, this is an asset, this is an agenda, this is a piece of ice, I always say, well, here, here's the action where you can advance a card. Most of the cards I advance are going to be agendas. However, you could see I just showed you that asset. I can advance this trap. By the way, there's two of them in this deck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I let them know this could be a trap. It's probably not going to be. But by the way, if there's two advancements on this card, you should have four cards in hand. Yeah. Right. And they have to, they think or about be okay that. with yeah. losing. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. Or just like, yeah, be okay with, okay, well, if it's an agenda, then you win. So I have to go and try to get it. And then they, then they die. And that's, that feels okay because they feel like they made the right play. Right. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, as a final segment, without an intro music, because I don't have one for this, uh, what is everybody playing for the tournament today? Quick, go. Johnny. I'm playing uh, Sports Metal on the corpse side and Adam on the runner side. Uh, I have Hoshiko, and because I'm a degenerate, PE. What are you playing? Because I'm your partner, I Dan. have no idea. What are you playing? I it depends built, on what you have. I, I want to go over this with you before we yeah. start. I have a four a meta. I just so my last tournament, I played complete homebrew, well, mm, a, 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 an Alice deck from Metropole Grid mm-hmm. and a homebrew Isuak, and I got crushed. Although I say the Alice deck did much better, I just made some silly mistakes. Uh, the Isuak just got stepped on. Um, but I built complete meta 419 and smoke options and then right. an outfit deck. Okay. This silly modernism. Yeah. So um, I'll probably play freedom then as my runner um, because I like shaper things. And it's actually secretly a shaper deck, but it's red. So you can, yeah. Um, and I have been playing ob a lot, but because one of the rules is we're trying not to uh, have the same factions on the same team, I'll probably play sports metal. Okay, nice. All right. I have four deck sleeves. So I have really to decide depends. between the Shaper and the 419 between yep. now and then. So. And you have, so you have options. Eric yeah. has a very unfair advantage compared to Nick and I because he's pairing up way um, up. Uh, yeah. Way um, up. <laughs> <laughs> What's that called when you like marry? I'm marrying up. Oh, marrying yeah, up yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not marrying Dan, but. That's well, listen, though. I mean, you know, the whole the whole theme, right, is the the dating at the Netrunner yes. tournament. Yes. So you, you never know. You never be, know. Be ready to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you were in top four at our startup tournament. So I have. Yeah, I have we've I've seen you here. play. You can't be modest here. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and talking with us, Dan. We've been trying to make this happen for a little bit. I'm really glad we got to do it in person. It's a lot more fun than mm-hmm. if you're doing it online. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for chatting with us. And thanks for all that you do for the Netrunner community. Honestly, I think we all owe you a big thank you. You are, uh, you are a hype I'm, man. I'm a small part in a large in a much larger team that well, is very skilled. Thank you, Dan, and the entire Null Signal Games team. Yes, yes. obviously. Thank you to Null Signal and all that you do. Um, also, slightly self-serving, but not really. Um we would also mention that like if, if the person that you are playing with this new person, because uh, I just thought of this and forgot to mention it is into podcasts. You could point them at us yes. and, and we are trying to have content that is not entirely focused on around, but friendly for new players. And we're going to try and read cards when possible. If it makes sense, we will have also for pe- players who are new players. I've seen some comments on um, like discord and things like that. Like, Oh, they're a startup podcast. It's not for me. We will be having more standard content and we're going to try and do a thing where we, you know, have episodes that are effectively labeled like this is a the, the main topic for this is going to be a standard focus for this is this is going to be a startup focus episode. And we're going to toggle back and forth like through. a me- metropole grid type. Yes, uh, we're tag. stealing that. Yeah, that shamelessly. Thank you. Thank that. you, Andre. Um, I would say it's also not it, 
I'm biased, but I don't think it's self-serving because we're trying to build good content for the community. Yeah, I mean, we true. don't get, we, I mean, we get gratification out of it, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. We have been Neon Static and uh, we don't have a sign off yet. Do we have a sign off? Uh, nope. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to slowly fade into the distance. Yeah. Uh, let's go draft. Let's yeah, go draft. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.